Hey, this is Jeremy, and you're listening to Bucket Talk, powered by Brunt. This week, we sit down with Sean Flotman, a.k.a. Dabs Wellington, to hear how he's used his passion for welding to establish himself as a rock star within the trades community. This is Bucket Talk, a weekly podcast for people who work in the trades and construction that aren't just trying to survive, but have the ambition and desire to thrive. The opportunity in the trades and construction is absolutely ridiculous right now. So if you're hungry, it's time to eat. We discuss what it takes to rise from the bottom to the top with people who are well on their way and roll up their sleeves every single day. Welcome to our show, Sean. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. <laughs> so you're a welder by trade, stainless TIG welder? Predominantly. I mean, yeah. if I if I get to choose, then yeah, you know, obviously it's going to be nice, clean stainless steel, which is not always the case, but... Generally, you know, these days, 20 years into my career, you know, I've worked myself into a, a nice position. What exactly in the welding industry do you do? You know, automotive aircraft, you know, along those lines, where, where do you stand? Packaging conveyor systems currently. Okay. And you do a little artistic welding on the side? Oh, uh, yeah. That side hustle, you know, is TIG welding on mirrored stainless pretty typically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, uh, it's, you know, I was just messing around with it at first and then people started to like what I was doing. And then, you know, it, it turned into a pretty steady, uh, weekend and evening gig as well. So yeah, it's pretty cool. So give us a little background and, you know, where you came from, how you decided to become a welder. I mean, just a little insight into, uh, Dabs Wellington's, uh, background. Well, my welding career started pretty accidentally, honestly. Uh, in high school, I was in band, and to take welding classes, you had to get shipped off because I grew up in a very small town. So they shipped you off to uh, the nearest town of Rolla that had a college Votech program there. So you couldn't do band and welding, and I was uh, hell-bent on being a rock star in those days. Uh, so it wasn't you know, anything on the forefront of my mind. And after the uh, rock star dreams fell through, I decided to go to college for business management due to, you know, high school counselors, advice and such. And it didn't take me very long to realize that was not for me. And while going to college, I started temping at a local metal shop uh, in their grinding polishing department. And I also quickly realized that that wasn't really for me. But it did give me uh, my first glimpse and uh, kind of turned me on to the process of TIG welding. There was a guy in the shop that was, you know, he was big into wheeling and building rock crawlers and stuff. And he kind of took me under his wing and uh, gave me the ins and outs, kind of a crash course on TIG welding. And I just slowly worked my way into a full-time TIG position at that shop. That's basically how I got my start. Yeah, yeah. Do you uh, do you like what you do during your day job? Oh, of course. I wouldn't still be doing it. You know, I, I mean that's 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 amazing because you know I I know a lot of people that that exactly exactly that they hate their they hate their job but they do it because either that's what they're good at or that's what they've always been doing. I worked my way back into a welding position. Uh, I worked at the place where I started for quite some time and actually worked my way into a management position there. And that I hated, you know, yeah. I didn't like, 
I didn't like being the guy that had to have everyone under my thumb, you know, just putting a boot in everybody's ass, honestly. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I enjoy welding. I enjoy being under the hood, the solitude you get. And just, you know, it's, I mean, it's every little boy's dream. I get to sit down and play with fire all day long. So where'd you get, where'd you get your training from? I mean, I know that, you know, I don't have any formal training in welding other than, you know, working under a guy, but you know, my welding has only come so far. Your welding is unbelievable. I don't know if I'd go as far as unbelievable, but it's the product of repetition. Yeah. You know, uh, the first shop I worked at, we did a lot of large runs for, uh, clothing manufacturers. So, I mean, it would be, you know, a lot of the same thing week to week to week. It wouldn't be the same thing all week long, but you had a lot of runs of 200, 400 of the same pieces. So, I mean, you know, repetition, you do anything a lot, do it over and over and over. I mean, by the time you're done with it, you could do it with your eyes closed. So it's just on the job training and picking up whatever, whatever things worked here and there, you know, that was long before Instagram or Facebook messaging groups, or, you know, even you had some forums and stuff like that back then, if you were having some real trouble, but there weren't the benefits of social media and all this added exposure for welding and, you know, any trades you look out there, there's, you know, so many trades on social media and it's really broadened the community's reach to where, you know, guys can help one another out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I speak to this a lot. You know, we talk about our network and, you know, I got to, I'm vastly growing my network now, but it, it, it's more to, you know, gain knowledge and, and pass the skills and, and knowledge we have on. And, you know, I'm even doing that with, uh, with my daughter and the younger generation now, cause I, I enjoy having the skill set that, that people passed on to me that I'm eager to pass it on to, you know, to the generation below, below me. And, uh, you know, I, do you, do you still do the same thing? You get it. I mean, I enjoy it. So learning the way I did in a, in a factory setting, it was very, very hit and miss. You know, like you were saying earlier, a lot of people go to work and they don't like their job. It's real hard getting a guy that hates his job to take any time out of his day to show you anything. <laughs> that's, that's for damn sure. You know, he are, you know, he's been watching the clock since noon for three 30, just so he can get the hell out of there and crack a beer open. You know, yep. it's, far and few between you run across someone when you're coming up that is willing to take gender wing. So I, I have no problem doing that in my day job or doing it online you know, on Instagram or anything. If someone is willing to learn and actually, you know, putting effort into it, I feel like they deserve, you know, their time or, you know, whatever little bit of advice or nugget I can offer. And uh, it seems like your daughter has taken an interest in uh, in welding. Uh, it seems like a chip off the old block. To a certain extent, she, uh, you know, as much as any 10, 11-year-old girl could be into welding, she's into it, you know, but she's uh, she's got a steady hand. And uh, I don't think that having a little knowledge into the processes can hurt whatsoever. It'll at least let her know what's available to her if she decides to go that direction, you know, I don't want to push her into anything, but I'll, I'll sure as hell, uh, <laughs> help provide her with whatever she needs if that's what she decides. Well, and, and that's, and that's a, you know, a, a big takeaway too, is, is you, you may not be, uh, grooming a tradesman, but you may be grooming a consumer that understands the trades that, you know, when, when a contractor does, you know, talk to her in the future or, 
or you know whoever they that that consumer understands where they're coming from and and you know i think it's good to see all spectrums uh so i yeah i i'm doing the same with my little ones is trying to instill some sort of blue collar value and it doesn't matter if they go this route or not and you know at least they have some sort of insight into it and and how to deal with it and you know maybe maybe i do rub off on them a little bit i don't know every child likes to create things with their hands you know i mean that's that's how you begin learning so i mean it's just it's something that if you nurture it over time, I don't think it goes away, but you know, a lot of people completely forget about it, you know? So I, I like to at least give it a shot. You know, it's, yeah. it's like uh, grown up arts and crafts. <laughs> <laughs> Gluing pieces of metal together. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's, it's a, it's a art class where you could potentially burn the building down. So just a couple <laughs> extra protocol in the middle, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you guys have any, uh, issues in in your trade that that you want to speak of um you know lack of skill uh workers lack of education anything that you see that uh that is um a problem or you know even even some good things i mean i know that you talked about youtube and and a few other places being uh readily available for information that you know people might actually become more aware of things i just wanted to see if you had any insight on that oh well i mean the the resources available anymore are incredible you know i mean every major manufacturer has got a youtube channel you know then i mean you've got you know welding tips and tricks you've got weld.com i mean there's so many resources out there now that have endless hours of video you know with voiceover walkthroughs and everything and then i mean you get on youtube and there's countless other accounts that are you know, spanning the entire spectrum of metalwork from, you know, pipe welding out in the oil fields to building rock crawlers and, you know, just awesome badass machines. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's, I mean, you could just get lost and you go down a rabbit hole and there it's never ending, yeah. you know? And <laughs> like I said, you know, 20 years ago when I was learning it, you were lucky if you get a 45 second, you know, tutorial before someone was like, piss off, man. <laughs> <laughs> the benefits are immeasurable. You know, yeah. it's just, if, if a young guy is out there, a young guy or girl, excuse me, is out there. Uh, I mean, there's no excuse. If you've got the thirst for knowledge, it is out there and available at your fingertips, you know? Yeah. And then on Instagram, once you get involved with the community, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are willing to, to help and point you in the right direction. If you have questions of things. So, I mean, it's, it's awesome. I mean, as an influencer, you, you're doing just that. I mean, I reached out to you, asked you if you wanted to come on this podcast and you had no problem doing that. And it, I mean, that speaks volumes for, um, for people out there that, you know, we are a community and, you know, we're, we're out there to, to, to share our story and share trips or sorry, tips and, and tricks. And, you know, I think that that kind of takes the, the stigma of the old, way of doing things away. I mean, it was kind of keep your skill and trade to yourself or you need to earn it or, you know, all that to where now it's kind of lightening up. It's like, Hey, you want to come in? We'll, we'll help you get in. You know, you want, you, you want to, you got the eagerness and the willingness to do so let's do it. You know? So I, I think that's great that, that we've come this far. I don't think secrets make friends, you know? <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, for real, as, as a collective whole, you know, we're capable of a lot more than we are. If everyone, it just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, if that's, if that's your prerogative, fantastic. 
that's not you know how I operate. <laughs> yeah. no. Cool build or project. Are you working on anything that's uh, that or wanting to work on something that you haven't gotten around to? Something big, nasty, you know, nasty, you know, awesome. Well, the biggest thing I recently did with Scott Robbie. Yep. Uh, we did a piece for the American Welding Society. Uh, that was supposed to be on their like student outreach vehicle that was supposed to be going to colleges and all kinds of different events all summer long. But I'm not entirely sure what the tour schedule of that is going to be given current circumstance. Uh, but that was a big sugar skull. And Scott made the frame and he makes some really ornate roses. So they were flame treated along with the frame. So it was really cool. It was uh, 20 six by 26 i think was the final dimension i don't know i just did the inner mirrored tig welding and he did the other part so we you know he assembled it after i sent him the the initial part of it and other than that you know i i do i try to do a couple different artwork pieces every weekend i do whatever comes across the table as quickly as i possibly can i there's not a not a lot of projects that i don't jump right on yeah well, and you know, I've noticed with with your stuff, and you know, only recently through Instagram, I've I've it's opened up a whole nother view of welding. Is is the the color that you can get from from heat, and you know, you could actually use it as a as a essentially a coloring book. It's it's amazing that you've you've kind of mastered it, and you can get these different colors to come out of you know different heat ranges, and I think it's amazing. I mean, it's, it's almost an art. It, well, it's an it's actually art, uh, and that's. That's wild that uh, you can go from having a trade as a welder and do something functionally, and now you're you're actually creating art and w- with the same resources and tools. It has reinvigorated my passion for the process as well. I mean, of course, doing something for 15, 20 years, I mean, hell, even 10 years, there's going to be stages of your journey where you're getting burnout or where you've just, you know, you're mailing it in. And uh, when I started the artwork, it not only made me more proficient in my day job, but it, like I said, made me look forward to welding again. And while I was welding at work, I was thinking about my next project I was going to do, you know, that evening or that weekend. I don't know if you've noticed this when you're under the hood, Uh, you know, your mind tends to wander and it helps if you've got something to kind of focus Mm -hmm. on think about. Otherwise, you know, you could go a little, little crazy, a little bonkers. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It, it, it gave me something to think about while welding. And then, like I said, it really did help hone the process even more because it's another facet that I wasn't focused on before. Yeah. You know, so, and I mean, that, that goes with any new part of the process. I mean, just TIG welding, what I do is just a very minute division of, you know, what, gas tungsten arc welding covers i mean it it's used in many different fields across you know every different you know venue it's a very versatile and you know highly used process anymore so so for those so for those that are interested i i kind of wanted to talk about uh well have you talk about more about your gear stuff you use in the trade i actually whether it's you know building the conveyor systems or or you know at home doing your your art. I just kind of wanted to let our listeners know what what you're using, what what type of stuff you you got going on. 
Uh, well, currently, uh, I am running a Fronius Magic Wave, and uh, it's it's a pretty incredible machine. The arc stability on it is second to none. You get a clean start at three amps and anywhere above it. I'm running it right now just off my 110 wall outlet. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it maxes out at 170 amps uh, just through the wall outlet. Uh, and I've, you know, I don't do anything over half an inch really at home. So it's not okay. that big a deal, but even my consumables are basically the same, whether I'm doing the artwork at home or, uh, building the conveyors and stuff. I use a larger style flooding cup, uh, made by Michael Furick, usually a 12 to 14 cup at work. And then when I'm doing the artwork, it's a size 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a BBW, so it is quite a bit larger and it does pump quite a bit more argon 30 to 35 CFH. Then I'm just, I run a blue demon multi-mix tungsten. That's about it. Really. Other than that, it's just practicing the process. <laughs> so where, uh, where others may run races and, and go home and drink beer and stuff. I, I actually think I know the answer to this question is, uh, you know, I kind of want to know what you do on your off time, but I'm I'm starting to think that Dabs Wellington is is essentially something that breathed life back into your welding career, and I think that it also is your release. Is that is is that true or or? Oh yeah, my little welding area or the dablatory, as I call it, my little dojo <laughs> out there. You know, I mean, for real, that's. That's where I go, and you know, I wake up early on Saturday and Sunday mornings and go out there just like I'm going to work. I mean, I, I put that diligence and determination into someone else's dream. I owe myself the same thing. I, I need to be out there building my dream as well, you know. And uh, I go out there. I enjoy what I'm doing. I set my own schedule out there, and uh, it's my little my little slice of the American dream, you know. So did you build that fabrication shop yourself? How big no, is it? it's 40 by 30. Wow. But it was, it was already built. We, uh, bought a new house this we've been here, I guess, uh, almost a year. Yeah. It was my, uh, my birthday present to myself last year. So got to be tough to top. I thought 40 was going to be my year and well, you know, now we can't even leave the house. So, <laughs> but you're, but what's even crazy, and and so I'm kind of getting into it myself. And for for anybody that does any automotive photography or you know trade photography or whatever, you're you know you got I got to give you credit on on your video editing and and you know your filming skills are are actually pretty good for a tradesman. I mean, we're, we're not known for for that that aspect of it. And you your videos are are you know Here's pretty journalism good through high school. Oh really? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was I was really into black and white photography. I thought that was going to be my shoe in, and then this whole digital photography thing came around and totally blew all of my practice out the water. There was no need for a darkroom anymore. So yeah, it turns out that experience, you know, put it in my pocket, and 15 years later came in pretty handy. So uh, as you've probably heard on prior episodes, I am huge bow tie Chevy guy. I want to kind of see what people drive, what they don't like. I mean, I don't, I don't think you have a work truck. So what's your personal vehicle, and do you love it? Uh, I actually drive a Chevy Malibu. Nice. GM yeah, through so and I, through. 
It's, you know, it's nothing fancy. I have a like three mile round trip commute to work every day. So my vehicle is not, you know, uh, a necessity really. I could almost ride a bike there if I had to, but you know, some guys have these huge welding rigs that they built the body themselves and everything, but you know, I kind of want to show the dynamic of everything. Not everybody needs a monster truck. I've got a little grocery getter and that's, uh, that's all I need. <laughs> so I'd like to thank you, Sean, for being on the show with us. Um, I wanted to take this opportunity to give you uh, a second or two to, to say anything else. I, I don't know if you had any mentions you wanted to talk about any podcasts or whatever. Um, well, I guess I should say, uh, if you're not following me on Instagram at Dabs Wellington. Nice. Well, once again, thank you very much for being on the show. I look forward to your posts as you post them. And, uh, thanks for giving us an insight into the welding trade and, uh, Oh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right, buddy.